Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. This edition is sponsored by the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol MOTO. For more information, head to MOTOETF.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University. Hi again, Alan. Uh, good morning, Fred. And the health continues to improve. Uh, heck yeah, you know, I continue to improve, still have a ways to go, but, you know, um, yes, absolutely, uh, uh, I'm back. Joining us for this edition is Alex Roy, cannonball driver, author, and podcaster. Glad to have you on board again, Alex. It's great to be back with you guys. You're, you're, I love your show, and I love both of you. <laughs> love you too, Alex. Thank you. In The Drive, you are out with a new edition of Alex Roy's Glossary of BS in Mobility, Self-Driving, and Autonomy. Give us a little history here about this. So going back a few years, uh, I wrote a column in thedrive.com called, uh, I think, Who is the Juicero of Mobility? Uh, do you gentlemen remember the Juicero, the startup? Yes. <laughs> These are the, for those who don't, it, it was they, they raised a lot of money and they built a, a juicer that required, you know, proprietary juice packets. And it was an expensive device and it was a subscription. And if you, and it turned out that you did not need this, you know, many hundreds of dollars device, you could squeeze the bags by hand and make juice. And the whole thing was just a sham. So that was before Theranos. And I wrote this column trying to guess at what companies were most full of BS in, in transportation. And that was very popular. So in 2018, I wrote a column called an honest glossary of, of uh, terms and mobility. And that was very popular. And I realized that we're reaching a point in transportation where a lot of, there's going to be a lot of M and a, a lot of companies are going to go away and the stronger companies are going to acquire them and we'll get to a better world. So that that's really what inspired this column. So let's jump in with what made this new glossary, starting with something called autonomous washing. Oh, so there's a wonderful, um, I guess, thinker on Twitter. I don't know what her exact job is. Uh, Liza Dixon. She's, I think she's in Germany. And she is one of these people I've never met. But when she tweets, it's usually wisdom. And uh, she came up with this term autonomous washing. And, and the, uh, the definition she, she has is the practice of making unverified or misleading claims that misrepresent the appropriate level of human supervision required by a semi-automated product, service, or technology. You know, you know with the rise of Tesla's stock price recently and this orgy of celebration by Tesla fans, and I'm a Tesla owner and I love my car and I love using autopilot, I, I, I'm maddened by people who use the word autonomous for what is driver assistance. And Alan, you have, you're probably one of the only people who have made a, a, an intellectually honest and consistent effort to distinguish between self-driving, driverless, and 
what's the third category? Safe well, driving. Safe driving. Safe right. driving and self driving are essentially the same, except self driving, you know, suggests that you can take your hands off the wheels or feet off the brakes every once in a while. Whereas in safe, the thing is sitting there behind you so that in case you misbehave and your misbehavior is going to get you in trouble, it goes in there and says, hey, yo, I'm saving your butt. And, and, you know, th- this is, I think, what we all need, or at least I need. Every once in a while, I misbehave on the road. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's the technology. But that is not autonomous. That is not driverless. You can't, you, you shouldn't sleep. You shouldn't stop paying attention. And you, of course, should stop misbehaving. But go ahead, Alex. <laughs> well, I mean, I, you know, I, I mostly agree. There are days I wake up and I agree with you 100% on your terminology. And other days, I mostly agree with you, but yeah. in the realm of agreement or disagreement, you are on the side of right without any question. And anyone who uses autonomous, you know, unrealistic, unrealistically is just doing a disservice and maybe a really morally negligent one. Um, right. I, yeah. I agree with you. 100% autonomous means it does things all by you're telling it what to do. I want to go there. By you yeah. telling it, I want to go there, all of a sudden it doesn't have autonomy. It's but, under your rule. It's under your direction. You're the czar. You're the king. You're, t- you're, you're telling it what to do. There's no, it's not on its own. Well, you want, by that definition, one can argue that a horse is autonomous, but no vehicle ever will be because without a, a, Absolutely you, right. yeah, without a human to tell it where to go. Um, but of course, we're nowhere near being able to debate the, the merits of that. Right, so, right. Right. We're nowhere near. Yeah. So Roger Dixon deserves a credit for this. And I I recommend that everyone on Twitter who anyone who cares about this, that add Liza Dixon to the people you follow because she's really delightful. Then there's uh, bike lash, a (laughs) a negative or hostile reaction to cyclists of which you are one. We should point out. Uh, Rarely. Uh, (laughs) I was, I learned to ride a bicycle in New York when I was 22 or 23. It was pretty late. I was hit by a taxi almost immediately. I didn't ride for decades. <laughs> um, so this is this, here's the thing. You know, there are urbanists out there, um, specifically the uh, the folks at the War on Cars, and I'm, I listen to it. And I'm a huge, I'm a big fan of Streets Blog. And Aaron Deparstek, the founder of Streets Blog, is one of the hosts of the War on Cars. And I, and I, on that show, I was listening to them, and they're, they have a very militant position. They're completely anti-car. They don't, I'm not sure that they would be okay with cars in cities, even if they were uh, autonomous vehicles, even if they were demonstrably safer than humans, uh, drivers. But uh, the one thing I can agree on with them is that there's this outrageous, morally reprehensible thing. It's, it's, it's like an ingrained in the DNA of our culture that when, when a cyclist is killed in, in any type of crash, uh, it's never attributed to the driver of the vehicle. It's always attributed to the vehicle. So it's always like car kills car kills cyclists, you know, um, and that's ridiculous. That's absolutely absurd. Uh, it's inexcusable. If someone is, is behind the wheel, wheel, wheel of a car, they are responsible for what the car does. Absolutely. And so, absolutely. <laughs> and so you've got this, this, politi- this thing where – you have hearings in New York City. I'm from New York. And, you know, uh, and in these hearings, people come and they claim that cyclists are the problem, that cyclists dart in and out of traffic, that 
cyclists want bike lanes and this takes away our freedom. This is absurd. This is absolutely absurd. And, and bike lash is the term for it. And it's, it's disgusting. Um, I've had friends on bikes that were hit, that were killed. Um, and as someone who loves driving, um, one shouldn't be driving in a city unless one is a very professional driver. And paying attention and not misbehaving, you, yeah. you know, um, 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 you know, but they, they, they call them uh, accidents. They're not accidents. They're not accidents. They're, they're people misbehaving. You know, with a lot of talk about uh, uh, it's, it's uh, you know, the 94% are, are caused by, uh, by humans, uh, but it's humans misbehaving in those 94. They're not paying attention. They're, they're, they're speeding, they're, they're tailgating or whatever. Just stop doing that. Why are you yeah. doing that? Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, sure, you can go fast, but go fast when there aren't any, when there isn't anybody else around, and when there aren't cyclists around and whatever, and and you're using them as slalom poles as you're yeah. you're, you're you're running some sort of race. I mean, you know, cut it's it absurd. out. You know, every time somebody gets a speeding ticket, or really almost any traffic and for a movie violation, uh, they are in effect they are putting a brick in the foundation of everyone losing their freedom to drive in the future. Like anyone right. who's, and it's irresponsible and it's immoral. So anyway, I'm done with that topic. Yeah. What do you got? <laughs> yeah. We can point out though too, that I, I spoke with some people in the bike industry not too long ago, and the, there has been a serious impact on sales. There are a lot of people who are into cycling, like, you, like you, yourself to some extent, who stopped riding because of the dangers of people out there texting while they're driving. It's just become too dangerous for for people to ride bikes in in many areas you know that that actually there's a uh, i was going to put another word in this glossary and i couldn't figure out what the word should be but there is a peculiar this this you know obviously wearing a helmet is makes you safer when you're on a bicycle but requiring helmet use deters people from riding bikes so you have this strange tension and as a result, there are very hardcore urbanists and you know, cycle riders who oppose mandatory helmet laws all because of this tension, which doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, it makes sense, but only in like a global way, not in a, don't you get granular. I would never want um, my daughter riding a bicycle in New York City without a helmet. Um, and I wouldn't let her have a bicycle unless she agreed to riding uh, on wearing one. I don't know what the word is for that, 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 that. And I'm looking for it. Anyway, if you got any ideas, I'd love to know. Okay. You use in the glossary Boeing as a verb. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this hurts because I'm a huge fan of aviation and aerospace. And I've read a lot of books about it, um, about Boeing's history. And Boeing is, you know, was for a long time the gold standard for, you know, engineering, uh, you know, professionalism. And so you've got something happen. I, the New York Times had an article about this. Um, I mean, I guess, uh, I, I forget my exact definition. It's when you, to destroy a trusted brand through a series of cost-cutting and profit-seeking measures, <laughs> uh, sacrificing quality to the point of self-immolation. And so, you know, if you, the, the story about the 737 MAX is not really a story of, like, technology failing, but of you know, uh, safety culture, um, uh, kind of coming apart at the seams, you know, piece by piece. 
And uh, it's, you know, culture is hard to build, but easy to break. Um, and so uh, I, I hope that they turn this around, you know, um, decades of decades of struck, I forget what's the word, uh, organizational knowledge and, and wisdom. It remains there still. Uh, they just need to, they need leadership. They need better leadership. Cadillacking is another <laughs> verb that you use to develop a class leading technology, then bury it in a product that nobody buys. Uh, Alan, you've used Cadillac <laughs> Super Cruise, have you not? Yes. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Uh, in, in, in this next issue of uh, the issue of smart driving cars, I'll put out as soon as we're done with the podcast. You know, I, I, they're, they're, they, they're bringing out the Escalade, okay? Yeah. In, in that they're bringing in the uh, advertisement for the Escalade. What are the big things in the Escalade? A curved LED screen. Number <laughs> two are, are, are speakers. And number three, they barely mention is, is Super Cruise. Yeah. Are you joking? I mean, yeah. look at what Elon did. Okay. Elon didn't, he has a big screen in his car. Do you ever, ever hear about the big screen? I don't think so. No. He probably has great speakers. No. What the hell is he pushing? He's, yeah. he's pushing how this stuff's making you safe and, and letting you enjoy your, your driving more and it and, and it helps you. And the technology how could how could they screw this up even more? I mean, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I mean, totally agree. Uh, when I read your newsletter, I you you wrote exactly what I was thinking. You know, the you buy you get a Tesla autopilot is uh, free. I mean, it's, it's a basic feature. What is autopilot? It is lane keeping. Uh, it, it's what happens when you glue together lane keeping and radar cruise control. Right. Uh, Intelligent. I, I, think, yeah, I think the jury's out on, on actual what, what, whether that adds safety. There's no question it adds convenience. And convenience reduces fatigue. And it has probably some indirect effect on safety. Super Cruise is that, but better. And if, if GM wanted to put a dent in safety, I'm oh, sorry, inconvenience, and a safer implementation than Tesla Autopilot, because Super Cruise includes a driver monitoring system from Sea Machines, which is a terrific company. I don't own any stock, but I wish I did. Um, DMS systems are the future. And so Cadillac should make Super Cruise standard on every Cadillac, and then a, probably a luxury option on other GM brands. And then they could take a leadership position in like the, the future of, of driver assistance that's, that's superior technologically and morally, you know, morally, you know, uh, commanding. And it so this is, is a, it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. They did such a wonderful implementation. They they put the eye tracker in there and they said, okay, here's your toy. You want to play with your toy? Here are the rules. You continue to pay attention. You stop paying attention. Guess what? We'll warn you. If you don't adhere to the warning, we'll just take the toy away, okay? Yeah. And and we'll turn it off. And then you'll have to call your mommy to have it turned on again. 
This is beautiful. Yeah. It's it really absolutely is. beautiful because then guess what? If you want to use it, you're going to behave. And the whole problem with, with if there's any problem with autopilot on, on, uh, on in, in Tesla is that people misbehave using it. You know, they decide that they can, you know, jump in the back seat or something like that, or they can fall asleep. Not that I think all those videos of people sleeping in Teslas, I think they're all fakes. Yeah, yeah, there are, there are warnings you know, though, I mean, if you take your hands off the wheel and it, it, it they're it, warnings it, but, but it does but it, it does make you restart the vehicle i think if you do it, it too much it makes you restart the vehicle it makes you it says it says uh it basically says you know uh it, it, it like says if it said call your mommy it'd be even better but it, you, can't <laughs> expect, you can't expect you know gm to implement but that's what we need in these things yeah okay? you know this, uh, an interesting point is that uh euro ncap uh, which is the voluntary standards right. uh, in, in, out of Europe? That I think I forget what year it is. Uh, maybe you know that if you want, if a manufacturer wants a five-star safety rating, they will have to implement a driver monitoring system. And it, and I'm almost certain this will not be a, a torque sensor like Tesla does it. It's going to be an active optical or some other system like a Seeing Machines type system. And and once that happens every manufacturer, including Tesla, will have to deploy it, and this will be standard. So the Cadillacing refers to the fact that, I guess, I should have fleshed out the definition. The Cadillac was something like, when, when the Euro NCAP standards kick in, Cadillac will have been four to five years ahead of the curve in terms of technology. Every OEM wants to brag about their innovation. GM had it, Cadillac was it, and they blew it. And the head of um, the Super Cruise team, I think his name is Eugene Lee, I think his name is? Yeah, uh, is yeah. He, you know him. Yeah. Um, he is now at Lucid Motors. And, and Lucid has raised, I think, a billion dollars, I think. Or, uh, they've raised a bunch of money. And they have built this beautiful sedan. Is designed by Peter Rawlinson, who was head of the Tesla Model S team years ago. Um, it's a beautiful sedan, and I am thrilled to see that that this gentleman from super cruise is leading their adas team um because that's exactly what all these automotive startups need is class leading driver assistance and i, I like to look forward to seeing what they come out with. look this is not the first time for gm they were leading in the, in the development of airbags and mm. what they do with it uh nothing they you know it mm. took it took it took mercedes to finally put one in the steering wheel uh you know in that, like 1985 or i forget what the date is you know before all of a sudden and then and then it was picked up by chrysler you're trying to come out of bankruptcy and then and and you know finally it got in the market look at the ev1 i mean you know <laughs> uh, gm was out there you know really trying to do electric vehicles you know before we had we had really good lithium batteries and stuff like that and you know, and they were out there leading. What they do, they crushed them all. And here again, and and look at the look at the Chevy uh, Volt. Okay, you know, the, conceptually, uh, to have a little internal combustion engine to be continuously recharging your battery, so it takes range anxiety out of the EV situation. It, it's the way railroads run. That's the way a, a, a 
train locomotive runs you know it has it has a diesel engine that's that's charging a a, a battery that then runs a runs a, a damn electric motor so you don't have to have gears you know two billion gears in your in your coal train you know it, it, it's it, what what happened to it you know damn it gm uh <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> maybe the new Corvette. What do you think of the new Corvette with the with the mid engine? I don't. Know, finally, whatever. I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> well, I think it's cool. It's I mean, topic, right? <laughs> I would. It's a cool. I mean, I uh, I I think it's. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the interior, but it's obviously a terrific yeah. car. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. That's then right. that's a subjective opinion. So. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I would I would say one other thing about that yeah. that Cadillac Escalade uh, press release. The second item is the uh, mention of the AKG audio system. Now yeah. I'm a I'm a huge audiophile. You know I have a, an audio store in New York, and you know AKG makes some of the world's best headphones. These these things are great. I have a pair of. Old AKG 701 headphones I've had for forever, which is amazing. But what's weird is that, you know, they're bragging not about that AKG per se, but how many AKG speakers are in the car. Like as far as I'm concerned, you could put four of them and it would be amazing. But this idea that more is more is a problem throughout automotive. Like more range isn't necessarily necessary. More right. horsepower isn't necessary. What we want is more convenience, more affordability, more accessibility. This next, uh, this next uh, word uh, from the glossary, Alex, I'm sure is uh, near and dear to you. Cannon bulling. Oh, uh, yeah. To, to claim a cannonball run driving record cross country without yeah, evidence. You know, uh, <laughs> it, it, my record's been broken several times by you know people, friends of mine, Ed Bolian. Most recently, a guy named Arnie Toman drove across country and 27 hours and 25 minutes, which is incredible. Um, I watched some of it on live on a GPS tracker online, and which was amazing to me that that's even possible. But every time someone does this, someone else comes out of the woodwork and and, and claims they've done it um, with not with no evidence. And I think this is like a metaphor for life, um, <laughs> you know, because amazing things are never done alone like it's almost i mean roger banister ran the four minute mile you know uh but he had people around him who were aware of his efforts and helped him and he himself said that he stood on the shoulders of hundreds of people and hundreds of years of runners to learn what he learned to do what he did and so cannon bowling is is just metaphor it's like nothing great is achieved alone and we should embrace those around us um teams teams do things Absolutely, absolutely. We 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 all have to stand on shoulders. We all, uh, you know, uh, have to stand on on the help and 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 gain the help of of, of others. Uh, you know, um, absolutely. It's a great term. I don't want to lie to you, uh, Alan. When I was writing my autobiography almost twelve, thirteen years ago, I was trying to come up with titles, and I thought it'd be fun to take this like absurdly selfish solitary heroic stance about how, how i'm the greatest thing ever and so one of the type it was eventually called the driver but the one of the titles on the list was you are all cowards <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and my publisher said i would not be able to claim any any humility at all um would be impossible after that book came out so. <laughs> 
Let's let's get to some of the others in the, in the glossary real quick. Go through them. One is called electro washing. This is also comes from Liza Dixon. Um, it's the same thing as a ton of washing. Like if you have if like I mean look, I love Volvo. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Volvo. You know, I I recently drove a Volvo a V90 wagon. I mean, it's a beautiful car, and what a comeback! Volvo's a great brand. But somebody at Volvo in marketing said put out a press release about um, how their entire range will be electrified in a couple of years. But a hybrid, and hybrids make sense in many ways um, as a stopgap measure before electrification, full electrification arrives. But to say your lineup is fully electrified is a play on words that is it's just intellectually not, it's not completely honest. Um, and that's electro washing. Is, you know, there are people going into showrooms who aren't fully aware of the difference between hybrid types, let alone hybrids and electric cars. And that's just not that's we need more education, not less. And if they're if they're people going into the showrooms don't know the difference about the electrification, just think what how much difference they understand with respect to all the this uh, this uh, automated collision avoidance oh, system, the intelligent. I mean, it is, uh, it is, it is, it is. It, nobody knows what's going on in there, and we really don't have a good housekeeping seal of approval no. that says, "Hey, this system works and this system doesn't." And and look, um, uh, and and this one's, they, they're not the same. Some are better than others. Uh, yeah. IIHS is out there, you know, trying to do testing and trying to put some of this information out there. Where in the hell is NHTSA on this? Why haven't they taken their five-star rating, extended it to 10 stars, and the other five stars have to do with the quality of the automated systems out there that, that are there to save your butt and to keep you from dying? And they yeah. keep you from crashing, and and and, and just on the back uh, to go back on one of your comments before, you know, with respect to autopilot being safer or not safe, I've been trying to get damn Tesla to release their damn data to me or to somebody to do an independent evaluation. But look, if Elon is going into the car insurance business for his vehicles, guess what? He already knows that the expected liability with those cars is less than what other insurances are in, are, are expecting from that and what their actuaries say are expecting from that. And guess what? He's making money on that difference. That's of why course. he's in that business. And, 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 and it's because these damn things are in fact safer and, and, they're, and their expected liability um, is, 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 is lower. And therefore, not only is he going to make money on the float, he's going to make money on the on on. He's going to hold that that part of that money forever. And um, and that's why he's in that business. So let me give you some here's some speculation that I have not stated publicly previously. You can here you can debut it on your show. So oh, here we go, an exclusive for so, the <laughs> Smart Driving Car Podcast. So, go so I, I agree with you absolutely that Elon is, has data showing that use of autopilot is safer. Um, but what we we also know that autopilot is used more frequently in highway scenarios. Right. And he knows he knows exactly which autopilot users are abusers of it. He knows. Right. So this is here. Now we get to my, my big speculation, which is over time, if he knows who's abusing it, he can 
leave autopilot, you know, the vehicles that are, you know, he can, the little uh, steering wheel symbol on the top left of your display showing that autopilot's yeah. available. Yeah. I think over time, that little symbol will not be available in places where abuse is more likely to lead to crashes. I think, it, I'm not saying he's going to disable autopilot. I'm saying that he's going to geofence it for abusive users without telling anybody. He, 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 of course, can. I mean, you know, the latest thing is he's going to track potholes and he's going to put out that it, what he's created in the environment, in the vehicle, where that intelligence, that experience of the vehicle is communicated to him, uh, to him, to Tesla. And then they can feed that back. He, he, know, he knows where, where the problem areas are. He, he has the crashes. He knows, he knows if, if, if in fact somebody crashes when they, they're a new user or they're an experienced user. He knows all that. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, the richness of those data is unbelievable. Nobody's, mm -hmm. ever, nobody's ever even thought that they could even have such data that he has now. Uh, he, he, yeah, he mm. can do all that now. And, and you know, invasion of privacy, I don't know. We, Nobody we can, cares. We, we, <laughs> Nobody cares. I, look, look, this is... This is he. He is really being, uh, you know, as a guiding angel, and he has the opportunity. He has the opportunity to, 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 to keep people from misbehaving out there. It, it brings right? to mind the old song lyric, uh, Alan. Uh, yeah, you know, I know. I mean, it, it he is. sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake, yeah. and knows when you're yeah. bad or good. <laughs> yeah, no, he does, and therefore, you know, put in the, put in the right hands. This can be enormously valuable to folks. But I got to ask why a question, is, Fred. Why isn't the rest of the industry doing this? Oh well, you, you know the reason. You've got to have an, a large, a critical mass of installed users that are connected, that are sharing data with common systems. And <laughs> Tesla has very few models, and. You know they they're what eight nine years into deploying these these cars, so that's a, that's a, they started at zero, they well, built it. Of course they did. They well, you know, Mobileye is uh, claiming that they have that they're collecting data from a large volume of cars. I don't think they've shared that volume. I'm not sure where the cars are, but Mobileye, you know, devices, the cameras and sensors are in, you know, VW and a lot of other OEM cars. So I think we might see. I don't know. I'm speculating again that if yeah. Mobileye, Mobileye yeah. may come out with something in the coming years using, uh, you know, the similar, you know, thesis, um, but there's not enough data to know publicly what they're doing. So. Right, right. While we're on this topic, and before I take a, a quick break here, um, I, I just want to throw this out there. You're talking about the the uh, the electro washing. I'm sure you've both seen this story of what the UK is doing. Uh, proposing ending sales of all non-electric cars, including hybrids, by, by mm. 2035. Well, they, they're going to need to uh, beef up that charging infrastructure um, for that to work. Um, I mean, it's not a bad thing. I'm The year might be the wrong year. Uh, might be too soon. Um, but who can say? Uh, you know, 2035 is a long way away. Think, where, where was Tesla 10 years ago? And where, yep. where, are, where are they going to be yep. 10 years from now? Yep. Um, I think it might... Be 2040 might make more sense, but um, I'm not a guess. This is not my <laughs> it's not my job to guess like on things like this. Well, we'll continue in just a moment, but this is a good time to remind you about our sponsor this week, the Smart ETFs 
Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol MOTO. For more information, head to MOTOETF.com. ETFs, by the way, can, can be a good way to spread risk, allowing you to invest in really a category of stocks. Uh, you already know that we're focused on transportation and mobility, and so is the MOTO ETF. So worth checking it out. We've got some other news to get to here. Um, NHTSA, NHTSA, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, has announced that it granted Neuro's request for a temporary exemption from certain low-speed vehicle standard requirements. The exemption will allow the company to deploy its low-speed occupantless electric delivery vehicle, the R2. And they don't have to have typical controls like steering wheels, pedals, that kind of thing. I mean, it is a good first step. Come on, let's move on, huh? This is uh, this is already 2020. Um, uh, uh, move on and, and, and provide some of these exemptions to folks uh, who, in fact, uh, don't need them and don't use them. I mean, really, a steering wheel? I mean, what's the matter with the choice? Well, never mind or whatever. Uh, yes, it is. And it's important that they finally uh, ruled on this when it is one small step. Uh, the bigger one is going to be when they finally rule on the GM uh, cruise vehicle uh, without a steering wheel. And, and, and let's get on with it. Do you, wait, for, uh, Alan, do you like yeah. that vehicle, the cruise origin? What is, what is your view on that? Uh, I like it. Okay, why do I like it? Because it seems to be a normal speed vehicle. It's not one of these things that's under 25 miles an hour. And it is focused on providing mobility, shared mobility, shared ride mobility for people. It's not focused on being sold to individuals. It's really focused on being sold uh, as a fleet to provide mobility. And and to me, that's, that's... Anything that moves along the, 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 the driverless mobility as a service uh, so that it can be provided in a shared ride context, context so that it can be affordable to people who have been left behind by the automobile, primarily the poor, uh, to allow them to get the jobs instead of having to wait for the 606 New Jersey transit bus <laughs> that never arrives and doesn't go to the Amazon distribution facilities where all the blue collar jobs are. I mean, you know, it's it's atrocious what we've done. We've created we've created low income housing. Where did we create low income housing? Out in the middle of nowhere, where it's high transportation costs. You got to have a car to go get a quart of milk, and we've not provided mobility to these folks. I think it has the opportunity to to serve that market, get it started there, provide this on-demand mobility as a service that then the rest of us will all use. Uh, but, to, but to focus a vehicle on somebody who already has 15 different ways, as w- including a helicopter, to get to wherever they want to go is 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 you know, as stupid, as wrong, is is. Uh, anyway, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's my, my, my only view of this is, uh, I'm I, I guess I've put my money where my mouth is. is I think that uh, I I totally buy into autonomous shared fleets in urban cores. I buy that concept. 
Um, but you know, over time, these things are going to have to expand to get to airports and further out. And I think that the more optimal vehicle is going to be one that's more evolutionary than a revolutionary. Um, that's my gut um, because that, in general, the out the the deployment of like world changing te- technologies um, expanded on things we already did in ways we already understood. Um, we have cell phones or phones without cables, but they're still phones. And I yes. think that's going to be the case with vehicles too. So, well, I, I agree with you that it's going to be evolutionary. I, I, I disagree with the urban core. The, the urban cores of the Manhattans, the, the, the San Francisco, they have subways, let people use subways there. It's, it's, it's the, it's the initial ring and out where, where there's, I mean, you know, you don't own a car, you don't have a car, you're screwed. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and because why? Because one can't afford to pay union bus rages, uh, bus driver wages uh, to provide mobility to people from where they are to where they want to go out there, out there, uh, because there aren't enough of them. There are only the onesies, twosies, threesies, foursies. But, but all, all of a sudden, if you don't have to pay uh, union wages and, or any wages to do it, I mean, that's what that's what Lyft and Uber need to scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 the market for that is, I think, uh, in the outer rings and in the suburban areas and um, and those areas and, and, and not the downtowns. But anyway, um, uh, we don't know. OK, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Alex. Well, no, uh, you know, I, I see your point. I think that in the outside, I mean, just the nature of the math behind uh, autonomous vehicles requires that you deploy and build a business where the business is, you know, you have the highest ROI first. And that outside those fences, you know, in the areas you're describing, that we're going to see, you know, um, hybrid solutions. And eventually the fences will expand to get there. But I think, you know, look, if you look at Waymo and their uh, project in, uh, Chandler, uh, yeah. Arizona. And there was this recent article in the information.com. Uh, apparently they can't make the math work there. And that's an area which is almost exactly as you described Chandler, Gilbert and the surrounding areas. These are places where, you know, uh, you know, homes were built that were more affordable and then people needed cars and now traffic's going up and they need, they need higher throughput, but the, but the, ROI isn't there in a lower density area, or at least that's what the article suggests. I think well, it's probably I, true I, for now. I, for now, yeah. I mean, I I just think they it has to be marketed better. They need they need a better customer response. In my looking at at the at the individual trips that sort of take place on a typical day, the billion trips that take place across the country. There's enough market out there for them uh, in the suburban areas. You can provide, you know, 50 person, uh, you can serve 50 person trips a day per vehicle. You do that and you do that driverlessly. uh, uh, The math ends up working. Of course, it it looks at the the vehicles not costing a a million dollars to build or whatever. uh, And and it assumes that, that one has begun to scale that, but uh, there's no reason why these vehicles have to cost a, a, a million dollars. No, it's not going to be that, and 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 it, they are going to be um, affordable. And if you can get a productivity of of serving 
50 trips a day um, uh, with with these vehicles. Um, um, at least in the in the analyses that I've done, you can make money. Okay, and um, and 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 I want a piece of those companies. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, wait a second. I think I do have a piece of one of those. Yeah, companies. that's right. You do have a piece. Of <laughs> um, so, but I've been saying the same thing since long before yeah. I, uh, I, yeah. I started helping out uh, yeah. Argo. So, well, talking about having a piece of a company, uh, let's turn to Tesla again. <laughs> Shares settled back down after rocketing up or earlier this week. I think they're at something like seven forty-eight now a share. Alan, you have some comments in the newsletter about an analysis piece that focused on how fundamentally different Teslas are from other vehicles. Well, I, I think we've been talking about it, and Alex sort of, or, you know, you know, is is experiencing, and you experience it in your test drive. I mean, it just seems to me there's a lot better respect for for the customer at Tesla. You know, when you buy a vehicle, they're 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 out there supporting you continuously with this over-the-air updating stuff. And if if their system has some improvements, they I don't know I don't know if they charge you or whatever. At least they they improve it for you. You know, I commented. You know, in 2014, I went out and bought an S class. Um, why? Because it had a good intelligent cruise control and claimed that it could do lane centering. And damn it, you know, it, uh, you know, whatever. As soon as I bought it, first thing that I think I got was, hey, t- trade it in and get a new one. I mean, uh, has 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 this system ever been upgraded? Uh, you know, has the software been upgraded? The, the lane centering system really doesn't work very well. And and I'm sure they've made improvements. Has anybody reached out to me and say, hey, you know, we've improved the software. It basically costs us almost zero to, to update your software over the air. Uh, why don't we do that for you? No, they want me to buy a new one. This, you know, save uh, five hundred dollars in gas over the next uh, five years um, after I pay another hundred thousand bucks. I mean, you gotta be joking. It's it's a completely different uh, customer relationship, I think, and that 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 along with everything else with the technology and so on. No wonder the stocks were seven fifty. Here's a question for you, Alan. There's a story floating around the internet about a man who bought a used Tesla from yeah. a yes. dealer uh, yeah. and that the dealer acquired it at auction and it included at auction yeah. full self-driving capability worth $7,000 yeah. or $6,000 right. and an autopilot. So I guess the right. vehicle was acquired new some years ago when autopilot was itself an option. And so the right. guy buys, the dealer buys it at auction. It's got both options on the car. Right. This gentleman buys it. It's on the Monroney. And then right. at a later date, Tesla disables these features. Right. Um, you have so anything you want to say about this? I well, do. I, I, I saw the, yeah, I saw the, let me start and then you can follow up. I saw the article and I chose not to comment on it. Why? Because uh, they're trying to figure out exactly, exactly what that is. Are you running this thing or are you, are you leasing it or are you, uh, are you, or do you actually own it? You know, it's a little bit like when, when uh, GM put out the EV one, nobody could buy one. You could only yeah. lease it. Why? Because they wanted to 
be able to take it back in case in case it had problems and crush it, which is what they ended up doing with every one of those damn things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, so so I I think that the, that it's a it's a it's a situation that they didn't quite know what to encounter and they'll figure out what to do. And I'm not sure. Do you do you have, do you have a, a a proper way forward for them? Uh, well, I'm gonna say I'm gonna what I'm about to say. I'm going to yep. make enemies with everybody. Okay. So on the one hand, uh, if I buy a laptop, a used laptop, yeah. and the prior owner uh, had uh, Microsoft Word on it, right, and he sells it to me, right. I can't use it. I've got to re-register Word and pay for it. So right. on the one hand, I, 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 I am sympathetic to Tesla's position. I actually don't think that the, after the, that the, that the software upgrades – should carry forward to the next buyer. I think that, you know, if I were Tesla, I, under no circumstances would I let the software upgrades carry forward. But I think Tesla handled this wrong. They should not have sold the car to the dealer with them on the sheet. They should yeah. have stripped them at that point so the current owner would not have been, would appear to be misled about what he was buying. Yeah. So if Tesla wants to act like a tech company and be valued like a tech company and behave like a tech company, then they need to be transparent like a tech company would be about software license agreements. Yeah, I, I think that's why I didn't comment on it. Is basically, look, they, they got themselves in something they didn't expect. They didn't know what they didn't know, and they confronted it. They may have, you know, tripped up a little bit uh, when they confronted it the first time, and they'll fix it. And I, I, I think they'll, uh, we'll wait to see what what the fix is. Which again is is what is beautiful about their over the air updates. We don't know what we don't know. Yeah. Every once in a while, we trip over these things. Mm-hmm. Well, trip over them we should fix them and then make everybody whole so it's not you know the 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 key business that gm had because you know they put a uh, an ignition switch in vehicles that if you had if you had keys on your on your on your chain it would you know turn on or turn off your car and what they do they found out about it they didn't know it was a problem and what they do tried to hide it instead of fix it <laughs> darn yeah. it Damn it, yeah. don't do that. Okay. Nobody yeah. is perfect. We shouldn't expect anybody to be perfect. But when we trip over something and find out, oh my goodness, uh, we 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 have a problem here, then everybody should know about it and we should fix it. This is most important in this auto- in this automated uh, driving area. Okay, these vehicles uh, are going to crash because we we just weren't s- smart enough. We we just didn't know it. But as soon as we do, we should make all the information associated with that crash available to everybody so that everybody can fix it. Safety is everybody's responsibility. If these systems are not perceived to be safe, there is no market. We should just go out and play golf because, and certainly don't invest in it. Uh, and so it's everybody's business. So if 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 uh, if Uber or if Lyft or if GM or if Argo or if anybody trips over and says, "Oh my goodness, this corner case is really," we never thought of this one. Let everybody know so that they can fix their system so that. They don't individually have to trip over it to fix it and fix it. Anyway, sorry about yeah. that. Yeah, 
Alex, no, Alex, <laughs> Alex, you had some other Tesla terms in your in your glossary. Tesla specific terms in the glossary, I think, as well. Yeah, Te Te Tesla punking, <laughs> uh, virtue signaling, and vice signaling. Well, I mean, my my favorite ones are full selfing, right? Which is uh, <laughs> full selfing, and this applies not just to Tesla, but anybody who pays up for a feature that they believe to do something that it doesn't has full self themselves. And you know, these people who like there's there, I don't want to name names because I've grown up, but there's people out there who have paid, you know, what I think it's six or $7,000 for just a full self-driving capability who are telling people on Twitter and, and socially that these full self-driving features represent some subcomponent of full self-driving. You know, it, it's just absurd. Uh, it's it's like saying to somebody, I've got I bought the potatoes, I've got the, the the seasoning, I've I've got like half the ingredients I need to make a soup. Now I want you to pay me for this 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 soup, <laughs> like and, and and by the way, your soup is ready. It's not. You got to cook it. It's got. It's not done. I mean, it's just such nonsense. It's garbage. People games. People play with language. Just it's just it's just ridiculous. But the the one I'm proudest of. Um, is uh, I can't I don't I don't think I was the first person to use this I don't think I made it up but if I did you can give me credit on my tombstone um, autonomous uh, <laughs> it's such an e obvious play on words any vehicle that requires human supervision uh, in the car um, is not autonomous it's just that's just very simple um, and uh, if people would use autonomous as as frequently as they use autonomous incorrectly uh, the world probably is a safer place yeah on both of those it not if you t if you have to tell the vehicle where to go you're in well i think that i think that's okay no, I mean, it's, it's uh, you think that's okay it's still autonomous if if it if if it uses an, an algorithm that 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 has been in copilot since who knows when to do uh, to do the best route from a to b i mean that, that's not autonomy okay, if you want to be absolutely a purist the vehicle, yeah, you're correct, is not autonomous, <laughs> but it does grant it expand my autonomy if my vehicle goes where I tell it and I'm in the back. Yeah, no, it it it, it certainly does, and that, and that's it. With respect to full self driving, requires your full attention. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right, so. <laughs> Full self-driving still requires your full attention. So it, it, it's totally redundant. I mean, look, self-driving <laughs> requires full attention. You can't misbehave, okay? You, you, you Because you're going to die, all right? Don't well, be this, stupid. This reminds me, I forgot one term, Alan, that you inspired me, and I forgot <laughs> to put it in this article. Uh, and I, let me stress again. You're like one of the only people that I disagree with who I admire that I admire because, um, because I've learned so much from you. But so the term I forgot to put in inspired by you was fool self-driving. <laughs> fool. Self yeah, because that's for everybody who gets in there who doesn't pay attention. That's that's what they paid for. So, yeah, Alan is willing to license stupid summon to you if you want to oh, yeah, stupid park can you imagine can you imagine if if i use stupid park and squeeze in to a parking space in boston 
and the guy next to me can't get into his his car. He, he beats you up. He's referencing he, the Hyundai Superbike commercial if he here. Right? Sees me, if he sees me, he's going to, first of all, break my legs. Secondly, if it, if he just keys my car, I've gotten, a, you know, I'm good. If he hasn't just, you know, completely gotten a sledgehammer, come on, what is this crap? Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I don't, I'm sorry. I, I don't. I don't uh, it's it's yep, called. I get it. Smart pack. <laughs> you know, and, and and I know every once in a while I squeeze into a spot, you know, backing in 13 times, turning the wheel and so on. But guess what? The guy who comes in behind me and uh, he's probably bumping my bumper and bo- pushing me all over the damn place to, and keys my, uh, you know. Yeah. 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 Anyway, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. What What's your uh, reaction to the YouTube video that uh, Tesla has out there that shows everybody now exactly what autopilot sees? Is that meant for me? That question? Either one of you. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> go ahead. I I have no opinion because um, you know, it, it, I'm not sure what it tells us. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that are there. There's not enough information. Um to uh tell us what that means and so uh, you know a lot of companies put out videos that claim to display what their vehicles testing see or deployment vehicles see but it's such a small part of what's required to make an autonomous uh, to make a level four vehicle um deployable and it has no relationship to actually to safety because just because you can see all these things, we don't know how the vehicle is going to behave around them or if it's identified them, you know, correctly or what the rest of the stack looks like. So Great it's like point. me, it's like me buying, uh, you know, sneakers and all the outfit at, you know, a sporting goods store and then taking a selfie of myself in front of a mountain. <laughs> you know, <laughs> did I climb it? Is it climbable? I have all the stuff. Does it like what? What does it mean? It doesn't mean anything. Just entertainment. So. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I, I agree with you. The, the things that I took from the video was I looked at the frame rates and the frame rates apparently are 17 frames a second. And that looks good. Uh, the speeds at which they were operating at were not just slow speeds. Uh, what bothered me about it is that they didn't approach a, a, a tractor, uh, a, a tractor trailer right. that was stopped and ahead of them that didn't have a skirt. And were they and and were they measuring the space underneath uh, the tractor trailer to see if the vehicle can pass under? I think that's where they have a problem. They didn't show a, a scene in which they were passing under an underpass and. And they were measuring the, the 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 distance that they had to pass underneath it. You know, a lot of this software has been designed to to find a surface that you can drive on, as opposed to a cross section that you can drive through. And uh, and I think that that's what got got it has gotten Tesla into the problem with the with the Joshua Brown crash and the and so on and with and and the whole business of of having a stopped object in your lane ahead that all of a sudden you see that you disregard because because uh, stopped objects aren't in lanes ahead typically uh, because the uh, the, uh, the the false alarm rate is so great that you have to take that out I think that's where they 
you know, they, they showed none of that in the video, but, but they put out some information and, and, you know, 17 frames a second, if that's really what they're operating at is where you, where you should be. If you do everything else right, like climb the mountain and, and uh, you know, <laughs> it's great to do it. Right. You know, I, I agree. So we agree. <laughs> that, yeah. Anyway. Um, I mean, I could crack some more jokes here, but you know, all these companies working on Tom's vehicles, are operating in different places and in different conditions. And most of them, pretty much everyone except Tesla, would tell you that they're going to deploy in San Francisco or in Chandler or in Miami. And so unless you like put these videos side by side in identical locations, we're not comparing apples to apples. And it's just it's meaningless. Um, the, the, what you really want to know is everything Alan described and what happens when 20 pedestrians are around you in close proximity and cyclists, do you see all of them? And can you, are you predicting their trajectories with accuracy? Right. Um, and because that's where, you know, risk lurks and we need to be good neighbors in the same way that, you know, bike lash is taking place. Are we going to have a ton of lash where, yeah. you know, one company's poor implementation affects others? Uh, and you well, don't want, we can't, that, we so. can't have that. We can't, because it will, because it will, we yeah. can, you know, and that's why everybody has to get together and say, look, if these things are, if we're not all safe, none of us are going to make, uh, I mean, there's no business here. If the perception is that these things are not safe, they're not welcomed into our environment. They're not in your backyard. People are going to get out there and they're going to key you. They're going to yeah. run out there, stop the vehicle, jack you up, put you on cinder blocks and steal your wheels. Yeah. I mean, okay? how do you build, Alan, how do you build trust? How, what's your uh, I don't here? know. I don't know. That is tough. Look at poor Boeing. Okay. Waymo's We're, seen problems in Arizona, right? Well, time yeah, time. yeah, they've had some, they've had some people that haven't known so far, you know, the fact that there's no news coming out of Phoenix is, is great because, yeah, that's good. because the only news you'd hear about was holy, they crashed. Oh, holy poop. Sorry, people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think laying low and, you know, doing the quiet work behind the scenes right. is probably the best way to build trust in, the, in early days. Um, Absolutely. Uh, you know, that's for Boeing. I mean, you know, most of the planes they have in the air are, you know, lega, you know older designs that are time tested. You know, we trust them. Right. And so the, the, the trick is not to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but, um, to be honest, be transparent, you know, and and you know, be uh, just be good. Just be good, yeah. And mm. be, try to not be flipping your company because if you're trying to flip your company, then you're out there with all the BS yeah. and you're putting lipstick on the pig. Try yeah. to be out there to try to do do this as a business for yourself, so that you're in it for the long run. Then maybe you can be trusted. You, you know, somebody said. Uh, well, it's like uh, people, they don't trust machines. They trust the people who build the machines. And if right. those people are honest and they get in the machines themselves and use them, then they set an example. Um, and I think that that's the future so, of just, trust. Just a couple of other quick things to get to, Alan. Uh, the head of GM Cruise uh, told CNBC that the global autonomous vehicle industry is an $8 trillion market opportunity. Five trillion of that value, including autonomous ride-hailing services. 
Yeah, well, you know, those are basically the same numbers that Adam Jonas put out, you know, three or four years ago type of things. And I guess that's been what's fueling all this. People pay to move around because it adds quality, it improves their quality of life. You know, to now what the way we're doing it is we all go to showrooms and buy cars. Uh, and uh, what if you look at that, what is that? That's a that's a that many trillion dollar industry. Uh, if you don't go in and buy cars and you do something else, then, uh, you know, that's that's what we're trying to that's that's what the opportunity is. People, I don't think, want to own cars necessarily. Uh, if they do, you know, they'll buy them and put them on the mantle or something like that. Uh, they want to get from A to B when they want to get from A to when they want to go and they want a reasonably comfortable way to do it. And they're willing to pay for it. So, you know, not surprising. And that leads us to a global autonomous vehicles report from Alex Partners. Alex with an I here. Uh, it, it found uh, depending upon the country, 44 to 84 percent of consumers would be willing to consider switching from personal vehicle ownership to autonomous ride hailing services. The lower percentage uh, were those surveyed in the U.S. at the top of the range, 84 percent was in China. Well, you know, I usually don't like, uh, you know, people being asked questions about things that they are asked to to basically make up in their mind and they really haven't touched and felt. I don't know how responsible uh, or how valuable those those surveys are, except uh, I sort of like the result of this one. So I included <laughs> this one just to be honest with everybody. But, yeah, you know, I... Look, uh, we use, I use the elevator analogy all the time, you know. I go to a building and I want to go upstairs. I have a choice of using the steps or the elevator. I use the elevator. I don't want to own an elevator. I, I use it. It take, takes me to where I get and, and I forget about it. I don't know why horizontally we are attached with this piece of this hulk on our on our on our hip that sits there and waits for us like a puppy dog when we want to use it again. Uh, you know, the, the elevator doesn't stick to my hip and, and waits for me to, to, to come back. It goes and serves some other people. So, you know, the, 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 the mobility concept there is, is what we need or what could be done horizontally. And if we do it with, with the computers as opposed to people, it's just a heck of a lot easier to do. I mean, you don't have to sit there and 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 basically manage a, a gazillion gig workers. I mean, oh my goodness, how difficult! That's like totally difficult. At least if you have an employee, you can beat them over the head and <laughs> and make them come to work. You know, a gig worker. I don't know whenever they feel like it. I, that's a hell of a way to run a company. Uh, but with if it's a computer, man, the computer just you you code it and you tell you tell the computer what the hell to do. Oh my goodness, that's like trivial. Well, <laughs> now that we've mentioned the elevator, that'll wrap up this yeah. edition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we always have to get the elevator in there, don't we, Fred? We do. Uh, we we anyway. want to thank our sponsor, the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF. The ticker symbol for the ETF is MOTO, and more information is available at MOTOETF.com. We want to thank Alex Roy for, for taking the time to join us. Alex, really great. Thank you. Thank you so much. And if I, can I plug my movie that just came out? Sure, I'd, please. Please plug, do. plug everything. Uh, so if anybody would like to see the first and maybe the last documentary ever about the 
cannonball run record uh, and some of the vintage eight races in the 80s. It's called Apex, The Secret Race Across America, and it's on iTunes and Amazon, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Where else can people go uh, for, for to follow you and what you're doing? Uh, uh, I'm AlexRoy144 on Twitter, and also I've got a wonderful new podcast called No Parking uh, with Brian Zaleski, the CEO of yep. Argo AI, which is a lot of fun. So great, it's great yep. podcast. Uh, Alex, uh, uh, I don't know. I hope that our listeners uh, end up enjoying this as much as I have. Uh, this has been uh, a <laughs> lot of fun, and uh, as it is uh, always, it's it's great. Anyway, um, this is this is a. I think it's a great sector of the economy to be in, and it has such opportunities to really improve the quality of life of so many people. And but it's a hell of a lot of work, and we still have a lot to do. And but it's certainly worthwhile. And we, we want to throw in here, too, you, you've got the planning well underway for the uh, Smart Driving Car Summit at Princeton this spring as well, right, now. Oh, yes. Uh, so, uh, yes, we're doing the summit, the fourth uh, version, annual version of this. And uh, on the um, on my um, Smart Driving uh, Car Z letter, you can uh, get all the links. And uh, uh, I do have to say that space is limited. Uh, but that is true. Um, 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 uh, you know, Princeton is a very exclusive uh, university, and um, you're we, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I am kidding. But uh, in a sense, uh, you know, we 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 want to keep this uh, uh, among the people who really want to get in there and discuss these topics. Look, um, uh, there's a, as I said, there's a lot of work yet to do, and there needs to be contribution, as Alex has pointed out, by enormous number of people to to actually bring this to uh, to uh, a successful implementation uh, to benefit society, and and uh, and so we want people there who uh, basically want to roll up their sleeves and and work on this to to make it happen. And I think, if I recall, May nineteenth to twenty first. Right. Those are the dates to circle on your calendar. And you can get more info at smartdrivingcar.com. Uh, you can find us on uh, Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker, SoundCloud, wherever the podcasts are. And you can get your smart speaker to play us too. You can find my tech reports at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you so much for listening.